your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Bouncing ball to third, picked by Bregman. history. Don Larson in 1956. Joined by Christian Javier, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, and Ryan Presley. A 5-0 win in game four in no-hit fashion to tie this series at two games apiece. Oh yeah, you gotta love it uh, when uh, history is made in uh, anything, but uh, if you're watching the World Series, you have no interest in either team. It is nice to see something that uh, might draw you in. And that combined no-hitter last night. Four pitchers. First no-hitter since Don Larson's 1956. Perfect game. Perfect game. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's, that's, see, that's, a, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a modern thing. That you would take out the starting pitcher when he hasn't given up any hits. In the old days... You know, just in case the starting pitcher could go nine innings and throw a no-hitter, they just used to leave them in. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, now it's like everybody has a pitch count, so you put, you know, there have been several no-hitters over the past few years that are three and four pitchers. Most starting pitchers going back then, you know, pitched over 300 innings. Well, true. And you almost never see that now. You, bar- you barely see over 200 sometimes. No. No. Yeah. So, anyway, um, the uh, Astros win the uh, game. So it's tied up at 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Uh, Mattress Mac in Houston has got to be going, yes, thank goodness. <laughs> I'm, say- I'm saying there's a chance I can still win $75 million for my $10 million bet. By the way, he's not to be confused with Mattress Back Mac. That's a completely, completely different, different Completely different. Completely um, different. We have a very, very busy show. This is one of those shows, and we talk about it from time to time, where so much is going on that we could do a six-hour show easily. We're not going to. Because we get tired, too. Um, but today is one of those days. Governor Brad Little will be with us coming up this morning live in studio at about 8.35 this morning. Um, we're going to talk about uh, a test that be, is being given today in the Boise School District having to do with mental health that some parents are not real happy about. They, story. They, they don't want to know if there's a mental health problem? Um, they are not happy with the questions that are being asked on the mental health and the fact that they can't even find out what all the questions are ahead of time. Huh. So we'll talk about that. It was a story that was broken by Idaho Dispatch. We'll uh, get your thoughts on that coming up. Uh, also coming up this weekend, I was so close to not buying tickets yesterday because I really felt there was not going to be a winner. Mm-hmm. The Powerball jackpot possibility we could set a record Coming up for the next Powerball drawing this weekend, there was no winner last night for the $1.2 billion prize, which means that the uh, next jackpot expected to soar to over $1.5 billion. Uh, $1.58 billion is a record. If it goes above that, we will have a brand new jackpot record. Cash value, by the way, expected to be somewhere around seven hundred fifty. million million dollars if you take the cash jackpot that's uh, not a bad total read an article yesterday talking about if you should take the long-term payout over 
or 29 years, mm-hmm. the annuity, where, which is where you get the what would get the $1.2 billion if you had won last night, or if you should take the cash immediately. And uh, the, per- the person who was writing the article, you know, was a CPA and uh, financial advisors and said, you know, a lot of people probably should take the annuity and unless, you know, you don't think that you're going to be living long enough to maybe get to it because he goes, if you look at how many people have ran out of money after winning this because of mistakes that they've made, said if you have an annuity, you're getting a hell of a lot of money every year and it protects you from making some stupid mistakes. Um, He also said that if you think you can make better than 4.5% return on your money, he said, then... He goes. Then you could, you should probably take the cash mm-hmm. because if you don't make at least five point four percent, you're going to be losing money over the uh, long term. Which I found interesting. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize that. On the other hand, even after taxes, if you take the one-time payment, it's still going to be close to four hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what? If I have four hundred million dollars, it doesn't bother me if I even. Hey, I, I even if I even lose, uh, you know. Uh, $5 million a year. I think I'll be fine. <laughs> By the way, the uh, winning numbers last night, 22, 11, 60, 2, 35. Powerball was 23. Power play 2X. All right. So there you go. I have a feeling we're going to have a winner this weekend. You think so? I really do. I, I literally didn't. I almost didn't buy it last night. I, I don't think there's going to be a winner tonight. We had one I ticket think there's again. Be a winner. We had one ticket when it went over a billion. We had uh, one ticket last night. My guess is we'll have one ticket for the next one. You just buy one. That's it. Yeah. See, I I think I bought. Did I buy ten tickets? Ten or eleven tickets? I haven't even I haven't even looked. I just gave you money and said, "Give me the tickets," because instead of a one in two hundred and ninety-two million in chance of winning, I wanted a one in two hundred ninety-two point one 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 five chance of winning. A lot, a lot of my money's tied up in you know supporting Uber drivers. <laughs> God love them. Well, maybe one of them will win with the uh, money that you've paid them, and right, you know terrific. pay you off and say, "Hey, hey, free rides from now on." <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, that would be nice, though, wouldn't it? Sure, why not? Our phone lines are open at two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, as we get closer to the election, it is next Tuesday. It's another thing that we'll be talking about today. And, of course, some of that, uh, obviously, will be with uh, Governor Brad Little that we'll be talking about uh, coming up here at 835. Um, if you do have questions, he's only going to be with us for about 20 uh, minutes or so. Um, but if you do have questions and you would like to email those in, you can do that right now. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. We always have a chance to get a couple of questions in. Dow futures yesterday, uh, or Dow futures this morning are down 160 points. Uh, yesterday, things were looking great. Things were looking grand until once again, Jerome Powell talked. <laughs> um, it wasn't so much because he he announced that we would be raising the Fed rate by 75 basis points. Mm-hmm. Everything is fine because that was what the stock market expected. And once again, uh, we told you pay attention to what he says afterwards. Not the fact that the Fed was raising rates by 75 basis points, but pay attention to what his words afterwards in questions and answers and his statements. And uh, as soon as he started uh, making statements afterwards and asking questions, all of a sudden the stock market dropped 500 points. 
because there was hope that with this 75 basis points increase that it would be announced that they would stop. They would slow down. Yeah. They well, weren't going to stop, but they would slow down and not see 75 basis whoa, points every whoa, month. Oh, Nelly. But that, um, that yeah, didn't, no, didn't he, he, he said that inflation is still um, a real concern and that going on to the future, you're going to feel more pain. Cool. And as soon as he said that, we felt almost instant pain as the stock market, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. dropped. 500 points after he made that comment. So we'll talk about that with Jeremiah Bates coming up a little bit later this morning. Um, our, like I said, our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Another day, another chance to go to the BYU-BSU football game coming up this weekend. Maybe the final time these two play, teams play ever. If you want to go, stick around, be ready to text the word Broncos. Right now it is uh, time for our first update on sports, brought to you by Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. Today's National Sandwich Day, Chris. <sighs> Fat Guy's Fresh Deli is doing a special. I'm all in on this. I love national sandwiches. Extra bacon if you uh, order a sandwich with bacon, or if you don't get a sandwich with bacon, you can add bacon today for free at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli, East Boise and in Meridian. What a marvelous day. Good morning. I'm Rick Worthington. As we get set for a big football game on Saturday at Albertson Stadium, Taylor Green threw for 305 yards last week. It's one of the reasons was the receivers had their best game of the season. More on that from Bob Beeler. Of Taylor Green's completion, 17 of the 24 last week went to wide receivers for 257 of the 305 yards. Three different receivers had four catches. Steph Cobbs was one of those guys, and he had 91 yards receiving and says the group is gaining confidence. The plays that we're making, the plays that the other guys are making, is plays that we know we, we know we can make and plays that we've been making starting all the way fall camp spring ball. So, I mean, it's good that it's you know, coming to light, but you know that's, that's stuff we all knew that we, we were capable of doing. BYU has had trouble defending the pass. Opponents are throwing for 217 yards a game and allowing 67% completions. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. And as a reminder, we'll get things started for you again at noon on Saturday with Bronco Game Day. Richie Brockle will join me for that. Then it's the tailgate show with Pete Cavender and I. And Pete and Bob will take over at 4 o'clock, getting you set for that 5 o'clock kickoff against BYU right here on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Following up on a story from mid-October, when police investigated three incidents of juvenile suspects attacking people in downtown Boise. BPD says they are now investigating up to 10 reports of teens suspected of attacking adults or other teens throughout October. And some attacks involved serious injuries to some victims. Haley Kramer with Boise Police told the Idaho Statesman there are around 6 to 10 reports that may involve a similar group of teen suspects. Kramer said the BPD Violent Crimes Unit and School Resource Officers Group are working together to try to identify possible suspects. Boise Police Department asks victims or anyone with information about such downtown attacks to contact Ada County Dispatch at 208-377-6790. So this wasn't just, uh, you know, a couple of attacks Ten reports of teens attacking uh, adults. I'd be curious to know 
if since this headline hit the news, people started talking about it, if these teens were smart enough to go, holy crap, we better stop. Yeah, people are going to start coming downtown uh, packing. Mm-hmm. We are in that state. Like I said, you know, now the fact that you hear there are 10 reports of teen attacking teens attacking adults, it's just shocking to me that somebody uh, out of those groups, you know, mm-hmm. it's maybe not shocking, surprising that not one of them was packing at the time, knowing just how many people in this state I don't are know, always packing. I don't know if everybody has this friend, but I certainly do. A guy who would hear about this sort of thing and would purposely go downtown to dare them I, to uh, attack him. Uh, I don't think you're wrong. Just, just so he yeah. could you know, have target practice I, or something. I, I don't think you're wrong. It, that's why I asked the question. I mean, this was you know something that we talked about in an update on the report. You know, you're not wrong. There are probably people who go, hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to go help the police take care of this and uh, stop it. If you remember, one of the teens broke uh, one person's jaw. Shattered it, yeah. Shattered the jaw, so they're going to have a a long time recovering. And once again, this is downtown Boise. We're supposed to be safe in downtown Mm -hmm. Boise. Idaho is supposed to be relatively safe. I'm not saying that there isn't crimes, but the fact that you have groups of teenagers going around attacking adults makes me wonder, is this one group of teens that have been doing this? I mean, you got 10 reports. It, it would just seem crazy to me that you have a whole bunch of teens running around and doing this. Yeah, like it's a new trend or something. Yeah. I hope it's not. I, I hope it's not either, and I hope for their sake and everyone's sake that they're he- hearing the news reports and going, man, okay, it was stupid for us to do this in the first place. It's really stupid to continue now because, you know, now there may be people, as you just mentioned, and I have friends like that too, are going, you know what? I think I'm going to go down this weekend. I got nothing better going on. <laughs> I'm going to go hang out after the game. I'm just going to, yeah. you know, hope that somebody attacks me. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm, just, not, I'm not just you know, I'm speculating about that. I have a friend who I know very well. Uh, once he hears this, probably will go downtown. <laughs> I mean, it, he, you know, he. let's put it this way. I won't tell you where he keeps it, but uh, I wouldn't carjack him. Mm, I, and, I mean, I have friends who are packing... You know, all the time. I mean, they carry. I have uh, one particular friend. You know, who this is Chris, who has <laughs> two guns on him wherever he goes, and then he has a rifle inside his pickup truck. Gosh, yes, I yeah, I know you, you're talking you know about. That, yeah, I mean, he's packing two guns mm-hmm. all the time because you can. Because you can. Two zero eight three three. This is one of those things. Play stupid games. You lucked out. You didn't win stupid prizes in this yeah. particular instance yet. Keep it up, though. Um, I think your luck is going to run out. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Stick around. Don't forget, we have Bronco tickets to give away. BYU Bronco tickets. You want to win. You want to stick around. Be ready to text in the word Broncos, not till you hear the cue to call. All right? It's going to be coming up a little bit later this morning. You have a chance to win them coming up this morning. I will be listening in the 8 o'clock hour. That's when I, if, if, I mean, listen all morning, but specifically in the 8 o'clock hour, if you want to get these BYU-BSU tickets, that would be a good time to listen for your chance to text and win. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 
pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through this morning. Uh, feel free to uh, do that. You can also email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. Uh, a couple of uh, crazy stories to uh, tell you about, not, not local stories. Um, there are some people who are losing their minds um, in Texas because a Texas pet boarding business put out a sign that said, now hiring non-stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> What's the big deal about that? That's what I don't understand. It's like, isn't that, you know, should be the first thing that you don't want to hire a stupid person. So well, why, ide- why is the ideally, problem putting yeah. up a sign saying that we're not hiring stupid people? Because apparently um, there have been a lot of stupid people who have been... Offended by this? Uh, well, offended by it, but also applying for work there. Oh. Here is the uh, owner of Pets Gone Wild Resort, Walter Parsons, talking about why he had to put up the sign. They don't think they're stupid, so they came in to apply. We're trying to weed out the people that do come in. Uh, we hired one last week, lasted three days. And repeatedly, get off your cell phone, you've got dogs to watch. At least be as smart as I am. <laughs> if uh, That does not sound the least bit unreasonable. Uh, no. And, you know, I will, I will tell you, because uh, my brother owns a construction company, um, and he is continually telling me stories about some of the people that come in to get hired. And, and the unfortunate part is now um, people that six, seven years ago would never have ever been hired. He has to hire now because apparently yeah. there's only stupid people available. Well, um, let's put it this way. It's, uh, <laughs> there's uh, less of a pool from which to choose. There, there you go. Um, because of the tight job labor market, for instance, it used to be, you know, and this was for insurance purposes because people at his company have to operate large machinery. Mm-hmm. It he he used to put out want ads and through the uh, job service and things like that, and saying there will be drug tests and wouldn't get anybody. And he asked about it, and they said, "Well, you're asking, you're telling people that you're going to drug test." He said, people aren't going to apply if they're going to be yeah. drug tested. Isn't there anyone who like, doesn't what? do drugs? And he goes, so he took off you know, the drug test thing. Sure enough, he had half a dozen uh, within a few days after he took off, you will be drug tested. So, he, so he, he got half a dozen people, probably all of whom who do drugs. Yeah, okay. he can't drug test. He can't drug test. If he drug tests, he can't find anybody to work. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's... Um, <clears throat> That's probably um, less than safe, I would think. Yeah. Um, people, though, in Texas are upset that he had a sign out there saying, now hiring non-stupid people. Hey, people, don't be stupid uh, what, and you can get about, hired. How about brain dead need not apply? <laughs> maybe, maybe they'd have less of a problem with that. No no lazy. Uh, well, I'll say people. 644. Paraphrasing myself. Now. Yeah. Uh, 644, time for another check on sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Keep in mind... That uh, every Tuesday after a win, Fat Guys Fresh Deli, Blue Bronco, half-price special. Today, also a special. Today only, it's National Sandwich Day. Get in today for a sandwich. You can add bacon, or if your sandwich already comes with bacon, you can double the bacon for free today only at either one of the locations of Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Good morning. It was Game 4 of the World Series last night, and the Astros looking to tie things up at two apiece in Philadelphia. 
The Astros finally got the scoring started in the top of the fifth inning. First pitch. Inside and that hit him, and that's a run. Jordan Alvarez got hit maybe around the waist as he drops his bat. Now gets ready to take his base. McCormick scores, and the Astros lead one to nothing the hard way. And unlike the Phillies, who hit six home runs in Game 3, the Astros piece together hits here and there to score runs. Alvarado's 1-2. And that's a ground ball through the draw to an infield, and in the left, a base hit. Bregman can walk home. Yuli Gurriel with an RBI single. 5 nothing Astros. So the Astros score five runs in the game. That would be enough to win. But the real story of the game was all about pitching. The Astros did not give up a single hit during that win. And the pitch from Presley, a swing and a ground ball to third. Bregman has it, the throw to first, and that'll do it. The Astros even up the World Series with a 5 to nothing win tonight, and four of their pitchers combined to no hit. The Philadelphia Phillies as Presley finishes off what Christian Javier started, and we got a brand new World Series all tied up at two. It's tied at two apiece with Game 5 tonight in Philadelphia. It'll be a first pitch at 6 o'clock. I'm Rick Worthington. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, uh, just got a text message in from uh, somebody who is driving this morning. Said fairly thick fog, Broadway and I-84 area. So be careful with that. Also with the thick fog, the fact that it's only 29 degrees, <laughs> could be causing some slick roads this morning. Yeah. Might be a good day not to drive 95 on your uh, way to work. Might be a good day to uh, you know get out those real estate pamphlets from San Diego. <laughs> Um, story that was uh, broke yesterday, Idaho Dispatch. Um, Boise School District today and tomorrow will be administrating a youth mental health survey to all students in junior high and high school English classes. It'll be happening today and tomorrow. Now, the district uh, sent out a one-line email to parents that read the following survey will be given November 3rd in English classes. Please see the attached information. Communities for Youth Survey is what it was entitled. The uh, only way parents are able to opt their children out is through that link in the email. So they can opt out of the test if they want to in the schools. Okay. However, the link does not show the questions that are going to be asked to their students in oh, that I would particular say, link. I would say if you're suspicious of the questions, then just opt out. Survey originates from an organization called Communities for Youth. The organization website says... Says we empower Idaho communities by connecting parents, schools, and kids with the capacity to recognize and address youth mental health, so that all may survive or uh, thrive. According to the site, Communities for Youth partners with Boise State University, St. Luke's Hospital, and Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. Heidi Pearson is a parent with a 12th grader at Capital High School. Ask Communities for Youth for a copy of the survey and for further explanation on the purpose of the survey. Megan Smith and Matt Isabel with the company responded, said our goal is to collect information on the risk and protective factors known to impact youth mental health and then create a community response based on the unique needs of your school and community. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Sounds, sounds pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. The email replied to Pearson did include a link to review all the survey questions. And 
Heidi Pearson had a problem with some of those questions that were asked on the uh, test. Once again, this is for 6th through 12th graders. Mm -hmm. How would you describe your romantic interest in others? I am romantically interested in others who are a different gender from me. I am romantically interested in others who are the same gender as me. I'm romantically interested in all genders. I am still unsure about who I am romantically interested in. I do not understand what that question is asking. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like that last one. Um, Another one, how well off financially do you think your family is in comparison to other families in your state? Much better off, considerably better off, a little better off, similar to others, a little worse off, considerably worse, much worse. And and, and see, that one doesn't need to be accurate. It's just an opinion. Yeah. Do you think you guys are doing well or, you know, and it's it's completely relative. Uh, During the past 12 months, how many times did someone you were dating or going out with force you to do sexual things that you did not want to do? Count such things as kissing, touching, or being physically forced to have sexual intercourse. I did not date or go out with anyone during the past 12 months. Zero times, one time, two to three, four to five, six times or more. Do you personally know someone who has been sick with COVID-19? Me, parent, caregiver, another family member, a friend, someone else. No one I know has been sick with COVID-19. Those are examples of a few of the questions. A A lot of them very, very personal. Heidi. Obviously. Pearson, who is a parent of that 12th grader, said that uh, she has a strong objection to uh, the survey, had this to say, when I saw this survey that it was being imposed on our children, complete disgust and indignation is an understatement. What do questions regarding gender, romantic interests, thoughts of suicide, sexual intercourse, depression, and questions about COVID-19 have to do with academics? The word nothing comes to mind. Last time I checked, God made Adam and Eve, male and female. End of discussion. Wake up, parents. That's from oddly one of the enough, parents. oddly enough, that never does end the discussion, does it? No, I'm guessing she probably opted her child out, her 12th grade child, 12th grade child out. That's I, fine. Just that's my guess. It doesn't say in the article. I bring this up. Your thoughts. You're a parent. You don't have kids in school anymore. You got grandkids. If you're a parent, I would really like to hear uh, the side. If we have a, a psychiatrist. Listening this morning, mm-hmm. what do you think about this test being given well, you, to 6th to 12th grade? You raised about, what, a couple dozen kids? Yeah. Um, yeah. Seven, close, anyway. Close to it. Well, how about you? Well, what do you think of it? I am not too keen on uh, middle school. I, I don't necessarily have a problem. I don't, I don't know what the gender question ha- would have to do with it, I guess. You know, as far as mental health goes, unless you, I mean, when you look at this, it sounds like they think that if you identify, you know, having sex with other genders other than your or same genders or any other genders, it sounds like that might be a mental health issue, which is what a lot of people have been saying all along, that it's a mental health issue. Um, the only, I, I guess the problem I would have with it, if I my kids were still in school, um, and they weren't in the Boise School District, I would probably have opted out my middle school kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a 12th grader? I mean, you're talking 17 or an 18-year-old. I, I think they can handle questions like this. 
I would have just told mine, uh, it's a survey. Uh, take the survey. Answer it honestly. Period. It's a uh, test, it's a survey. Um, don't do like you do your uh, ACT test and go, eeny, meeny, miny, <laughs> Come on, how many of us haven't done that? <laughs> Running out of time. <laughs> here, here. I remember taking the ACT going, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Crap, now which one do I pick? Like, do these sound right? 208-336-3700. We'll talk more about this later. I just wanted to put this into your ear. And like I said, if you're a psychiatrist listening this morning, a therapist, what do you think about this? Are you, uh, are, you, are you good with this? Is this something that uh, you think is perfectly okay? If you're a parent, want to hear from you, you can go ahead and email us. We're not going to have time to uh, talk about this uh, here coming up here next because we are going to get into uh, talking about the economy. Jeremiah Bates I think it was, on it, the way in a few minutes. I think it was nice of him to allow the parents to opt out if they want. Yeah. I, let, it, it, let parents be parents. It is interesting that um, I think they should have just said, when they gave the chance to opt out. By the way, here are your questions. Now do you want to opt out instead of leaving out the questions and having to run down and specifically ask, all right, I want to see the questions on the test. I mean, I, I think that would have been a little more open-minded. That's just my opinion. Um, what's yours? Go ahead and email us, Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com. You can also text us, 208-336-3700. Time for another Check on Sports, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Don't forget, it's National Sandwich Day, and that means the best place to go for a sandwich, especially if you like bacon, is Fat Guys Fresh Deli, because every sandwich that comes with bacon today, you can double the bacon for free, or if it doesn't come with bacon, for instance, like the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, Triple Decker, you can add bacon for free. What a wonderful country we live in. Get into Fat Guy's Fresh Deli today. Take advantage of National Sandwich Day. Good morning. I'm Rick Worthington. The Bronco running game accounted for 209 yards of offense last week with 108 coming from George Halani. And everyone on offense had to be part of it. Bob Beeler with more on that as we get set for the big game on Saturday against BYU. When the offense really gets going running the football, it starts with the O-line opening holes and the running back hitting them with speed and power. The really big runs are helped out with a block down field by a wide receiver. Steph Cobb says they've been doing a good job. You know, a lot of times we got to block uh, safety. Sometimes you see us blocking DNs. Sometimes we're blocking linebackers. We're blocking bigger guys. So, and you know, uh, people don't really expect the receiver to go in and hit some, but... You know, I, I think it gives us a little chip on our show knowing that we go, we get, we go in and uh, hit anybody. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that has to do with it. But it's just a good feeling. Boise State would like to have another 200-yard day rushing Saturday against BYU. The Cougars have given up more than 200 yards per game this season and about five yards a carry. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Now again, Bronco game day will get started for you at 12 o'clock noon on Saturday. The tailgate show will get going at 2 o'clock, followed by Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender taking things over at 4 o'clock, and they'll take you right up to the kickoff at 5 p.m. It's the Broncos and Cougars, maybe for the last time at Albertson Stadium on Saturday. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 
723. Jeremiah Bates with us this morning. Um, Dow Futures ahead of the opening here in a few minutes, down 236 points. Uh, yesterday, things were all fine and rosy um, until Fed Chair Jerome Powell started talking after he announced that the uh, Fed would increase the uh, Fed rates by 75 points. And then he started talking, and all of a sudden, bam, stock market went down 500 points. What did he say that was so concerning? Yeah, it was a pretty volatile session. I mean, you had the S&P 500. It spiked over 1%, and then it dropped by uh, 3.5%, right? You had the Dow Jones have an intraday move of almost 1,000 points. So, yeah, it, it, uh, it, bottom line is the markets just didn't see the pivot that they were hopeful for from the Federal Reserve. Um, at first, it appeared that the Federal Reserve was taking a little bit more lenient track, indicating that rates... Uh, rates might rise in smaller increments, right? So that's kind of what the market was hoping for. But then he kind of made statements saying that it was a long way to go, um, and that likely, even if incre- even if interest rates go in smaller increments, <clears throat> the likely of them continuing over a longer period of time that appears the, that appears to be the case, and that really flipped the market. Uh, to reverse based on the good news. They then ter- interpreted his comments as bad news. So now the, sh- the focus is not necessarily on the size of the future rate hikes. It's basically how long the Federal Reserve will continue to rise at those levels. And they made it very clear that they want to make sure that they don't undershoot. They're willing to overshoot, meaning they're willing to rise interest rates to a point where it has a negative effect on the economy. They'd rather see that scenario then raise interest rates not enough to where inflation is still sticking around. So bottom line is the possibility of a quote-unquote soft landing, meaning the Federal Reserve gets this absolutely perfect, raises interest rates at the perfect amount where there's no negative effect on the economy, inflation goes down. The likelihood of that scenario is just becoming less and less likely based on their comments yesterday. Now, again, the future's unknown. I mean, hey, they, they could thread this needle and it could all work out. But uh, based on the reaction yesterday, Certainly uh, drove markets to the opposite side. All right. Looking like we're going to be opening to the downside uh, once again. Like I said, over 200 points down on the Dow. All the indexes are down. We'll get an update from you in about an hour after the market opens, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Once again, at this time uh, tomorrow morning, Chris and I will be eating breakfast. It's another hometown breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We, we do this for you. However, the extra added benefit is that we do it for us also. <laughs> uh, not only can you join us tomorrow morning at the original Sunrise Cafe in Middleton for the hometown breakfast, but coming up tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, KBY Sweet Deal. One of the sweet deals we have for sale, $50 gift certificate to the original Sunrise Cafe for only $25. Goes on sale at 9 o'clock. These will sell out quickly. There are two sweet deals, both of them very quick sellers in the past. The other one is R&R Barbecue. If you love barbecue, they have great barbecue. And they're also putting together a Thanksgiving feast for you that you can pick up and take home. $50 gift certificate also for only $25. That's tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Keep in mind also the original Sunrise Cafe for Veterans Day, which is coming up next week, the 11th. They are helping to celebrate and honor the veterans in the salute to veterans. Uh, they will eat free on Veterans Day, up to $16 value, not including a drink with a valid ID. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever meal you want, 
If you are a veteran or an active military member, just show your ID. You're going to get a chance to uh, take advantage of this free meal. You've earned it. Get in. Boomer um, and the staff, so appreciative. It's a way to show appreciation to all of our veterans and active military members. So just keep that in mind next week. But tomorrow morning, we will be broadcasting mm-hmm. live in Middleton, Strike Canyon County, coming your way tomorrow morning. Hope to see you there beginning at 6. And uh, we'll have some breakfast and yeah. uh, have some discussions. Bacon, eggs, pancakes, chicken fried steak, you name it, it's there. There you go. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Phone lines are open. Once again, if you want to weigh in uh, about the uh, Boise School District today and tomorrow, administrating Youth Mental Health Survey to middle and high school students, 6th through 12th grade is what they plan on uh giving the uh, test, the survey, not really a test, there's no, test would mean that there are wrong answers. Um, this is just a survey. Uh, your thoughts on that, if you want to weigh in, feel yeah. free and give us a call. When I took tests, it always meant there were wrong answers. Yeah, this is not, there's no wrong answer. This is just a mental health survey. Your thoughts on that, and still, like I said, if you're a uh, anal, uh, analyst, uh, therapist, a psychologist, Psychiatrists, what are your thoughts uh, on even, this? Can you learn anything from this? Or even an amateur one. <laughs> <laughs> I play one on the radio. Uh, we'll take your thoughts coming up. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, 742. Uh, talking about a survey that's going to be going on in Boise School District today and tomorrow. Youth Mental Health Survey to all students in junior high, high school English classes, 6th grade through 12th grade. Some of the parents have some problems with a few of the uh, questions. Taking your thoughts this morning, if you're a parent, love to hear from parents from the Boise School District. Um, If you're a psychiatrist, love to hear from you this morning. What do you think about the survey? There we go. Jill wrote in. And says uh, most sixth graders in Boise are in the elementary school setting and therefore won't be taking the survey. Is that the way it is in Boise? Is sixth grade still elementary school? Um, and it's middle school in. Uh, yeah, and, well, I do well, remember that in, in 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 Boise. I think it's uh, sixth grade is still grade right. school, and seventh, eighth, and ninth is uh, junior high. The article said sixth through twelfth grade. It didn't matter what school they yeah, went to, though. Didn't, okay, didn't well. matter. It just said sixth through twelfth grade. Vicky, New Meadows, thanks for listening this morning. Uh, snowing up there to yet today? It has been. Has it? Yes, it's kind of nice. It makes everything nice and quiet and pretty. So, so I'm what? not one of the people that doesn't like snow. <laughs> so what do you think about this survey? Well, my question would be, being a grandmother of many, um, why is it coming through an English class? And if it um, sounds more like it leans towards the sex uh, it's prying into children's private lives, and it's communities for youth. It kind of sounds like a, a Hillary Clinton that takes a village thing. It doesn't say communities uh, for families. It kind of feels like an attack on children to me, you know, uh, and you have to opt out. It seems like maybe that should have been better, uh, what's the word, um, advertised, maybe. Right. Where people I think, had um, more of a... Yeah, and I, think, I know Chris's parents are both teachers, and I am very curious as what I uh, I think the reason they went through English class is uh, that everybody everybody every yeah. year takes English in some form or another, and so they just wanted to make sure that 
like it, you know, not everybody takes social studies or science or math every single year, but I think everybody takes English. You have to. Well, and 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 so, are they working around the sex education classes because people opt out of that? And so you're kind of. It just seems to me that there's something a little shadowy about going through an English class and going after a sixth grader's private life. All right. Thank you for the but call. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you the call. The Thanks for listening in New Meadows. Yes. Um, did, did you read, do you sign your name to these, or are these? Uh, um, I, don't, I don't know if you have to sign your name. Dennis had, had written anonymous. in. Uh, my guess would be that you don't, but I don't know that for a fact. Another email in uh, Mike at KBY.com says, In my school days when surveys were brought to our homeroom, the kids would occasionally chat amongst themselves and put down screwy answers. <laughs> surveys were never taken seriously, and those results should not have been trusted. I think about that every time I hear of another survey being handed out in schools. Forty years ago, they did not get accurate answers. I wonder what they get today. I say quit with the surveys. On, on any kind of a survey, if you don't answer honestly... There is a chance, there, there's, let's put it this way, there's less of a chance that you'll end up getting what you either want or need based on what the survey's about. Yeah, so if you're looking for a, you know, somebody to date within the next year, answer correctly I, on that question. Um, before I had a caller ID or a cell phone or anything, I used to take lots of surveys, and for some reason the sixth question they asked me would always be what kind of vacuum I had. <laughs> 208 336 Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Now, if you think this survey is uh, nuts, wait till we talk about a survey here in Idaho that was recently uh, undertaken by the uh, Idaho statesman on voter fraud and whether or not Idahoans think Trump won the election or not. Might be a little surprising to you. Maybe not. We'll tell you about that coming up. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.52, uh, once again, we're talking about surveys this morning. You have the uh, survey going on in Boise School District today and tomorrow in English classes, a mental health survey. Uh, another survey recently uh, done here in the state of Idaho, commissioned by the Idaho statesman, says that nearly one in three Idaho adults believe widespread voter fraud took place in the 2020 U.S. election and that former Republican President Donald Trump truly won. So that's about 33%, which mm-hmm. I, I think is about the same as nationwide, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure what the nationwide polling is. Um Within the poll conducted by uh, independent research firm Survey USA, a nearly uh, identical number of Idaho residents age 18 and above think that there were very little to no incidents of election fraud and that Democrat President Joe Biden won fairly. The segment saying Trump won 29%, the portion saying Biden won 27%. So more people in Idaho think that Trump won the election in 2020 than think mm. Biden won the election in 2020. I mean, it's it the the plus. There's a plus and minus of five percent. So basically, it's basically tied among the 550 survey participants across the state. 32 percent said that there was most likely some fraud, and that Biden may or may not have won the presidential election. The final 12 percent of respondents says that they're unsure. Poll was conducted October 17th to the 20th uh, online and by phone with a pool of adults surveyed. 
weighted to U.S. Census targets for age, race, gender, education level, and homeownership in Idaho. As I mentioned, uh, the plus minus, uh, plus or minus of five points um, on uh, error in this survey. What the election results suggest is Idahoans are roughly split on whether Biden is now the legitimate U.S. president. 63.8% of the vote in the 2020 election. Trump coasted to a victory in uh, Idaho easily compared to 33% for Biden. Of those self-identified as very conservative in Idaho, 55% think Trump won the election. 55 of the very conservative. Of the very conservative. So they self-identify as very conservative. So 45% of people very conservative don't think he did. No, um, because there there is a percentage that don't know. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, 40% of participants who voted for Biden think that there was some fraud, but that Biden may or may not have defeated Trump. (laughs) That's pretty decisive. Uh, Republicans said Biden may or may not have won the election as a result of some voter fraud with 10% of the GOP members responding that Biden won with little or no voter fraud. 10% of Republicans think that Biden won with little or no voter fraud. See, now I want, now I want to know the reasons both ways, actually. Uh, you know, I mean, is, is it because of you know, stuff you saw on television? Is it because of a feeling you have? Is it... You know, you know, what exactly? Is it because of election night? Mm-hmm. Survey results, but, not surprising to but, Fania. But apparently they weren't essay questions. <laughs> Sanchez, Senior Vice President of Research and Policy Development with the uh, States United Action, which is a Washington, D.C.-based nonpartisan group who tracks election misinformation and threats to American democracy, including mm-hmm. Trump's claim that the 2020 election was stolen. She said, quote here, it's a very large, especially among Republicans, of uh, similar, similar polar data, data measuring beliefs that Trump won. Overall, there's something like 30 to 35% of American people who believe that Trump won the election. That's concerning. But what is more concerning is that a large group of people who think Biden won the election also think that there was a lot of fraud and problems in the electoral system. That's across all Democrats Republicans and independents. So what? Knew, have, so I, what have we learned? I I knew there were. Uh, that's about what I thought it would be. I think. Is it? Man, yeah. I, I, that's a shocking amount to me. I thought, two two years later. I I mean I I know that there were people who thought this. I didn't realize it was anywhere close to thirty five percent of Idahoans who yeah, thought I'm, that. I've I've heard that all along. It's a, it's about a th- about a third of the people. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, please feel free. Governor Brad Little will be with us live in studio. That's coming up at 835 this morning. If you have a question for the governor, we usually have time to get one or two in. If you want to email those in, get them into chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. In Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807, good morning. Thanks for listening in. And remember, you can always be more of a part of the show and participate by calling us at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. 
Email chris at kbi.com, mike at kbi.com. We're uh, talking about uh, a couple of different surveys this morning. Uh, Wayne writes in, uh, mike at kbi.com, don't care too much about the integrity of the last election. It's done and over. However, the information on Hunter Biden's business was known before the election, was verified by an individual with firsthand knowledge, but was dismissed by the media as disinformation and 50 so-called U.S. security experts comes to pass that all that information on the laptop has now been verified to everyone's satisfaction. If we label this as election interference, then there is no way that the last election could have been called legitimate. Yeah, you're not necessarily wrong on that. There are a lot of people that did a survey that said, had the Hunter Biden's story gone the other way, and instead of waiting a year later to say, all right, all this information is true, that people would have voted different in the election. So you're not necessarily wrong. I'm sure some would have, yeah. Um, Tracy uh, writes in, Mike, at KBY.com, to reiterate, sixth graders are not taking this survey in the Boise School District. Part of community health is identifying those who may be at risk to bullying, increased suicidal uh, ideation, and comorbidities such as depression or anxiety. Now, heterosexual teenagers may fall into... Uh, an at-risk category. Asking subjective questions about finances might be aimed at determining if a student feels they have access to personal resources. Another important determination would be to know if students have adaptive coping skills or protective factors in place. The district could have shared the questions beforehand, but the survey has value. As a parent, I could have opted out. Thank you, anonymous nurse and uh, mom and uh, teenager, or mom of a teenager. Um I'm only going by um, the article, once again, that we got talking about this, um, said that it was 6th through 12th graders. Mm-hmm. It didn't say middle school, no. junior high, yeah, high it school. It just said 6th through 12th graders. So if you have a student there, thank you for the information. Maybe it is just middle and 6th graders in the Boise School District are not considered middle school Um but uh, thank you if that is the case. Um, maybe it might be only 7th through 12th grade. Um, another email. Hi, Mike and Chris. This letter was attached to the email parents received. So much more than just the one line that others are reporting. Students cannot answer any questions. They don't, or students cannot answer any questions. I think that may should be, may not answer any of the questions they don't wish to. And parents can opt out electronically or with a form, instead of being offended and calling out an attack on our children, I've decided to allow my children to answer. I think the surveys need the surveys need healthy responses. If the uh, only ones answering are those with special problems, the perception of what reality is gets skewed. Thanks, Marcy and Boise. Yeah, and we and, did report that you can the, opt out of this. That is the case with any survey. Uh, like if you're a tele- if you're taking a telephone survey, especially in this day and age then your answers are based on the people who still answer their telephone. Yeah. Um, another comment, this is Kevin and Meridian talking about the uh, other survey and the number of people in Idaho who uh, think that Biden did not win the last election. He says, how interesting, according to the survey, 12% of even liberals don't think Biden won fairly <laughs> or weren't sure. That that was kind of a shocking number too. I mean, twelve percent mm-hmm. is not big, and you you know, but twelve percent of liberals either weren't sure or didn't think that 
or thought that there was enough fraud that Biden didn't win the election. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I understand the weren't sure people because I mean, for the most part, they're people who have heard from, you know, every side there is, or they've read a lot of stuff and they've come to a conclusion that a whole lot of people come to a whole lot of different conclusions. So they're not sure. I'm one of those people now that is, is not sure. You never were. I mean, there's not. From the very beginning, you uh, were like, well, I have questions. And I, I have, said, well, what are those and I, questions? And you were like, eh. I still have what's, questions. What's how the much, deal? How much? I mean, I mean, there's been a lot of. Cl- I, I don't think there's been anywhere near the fraud. I mean, there's fraud in every single election. Now, you're you're talking seven million votes. That's how much Biden won by. Um, he would he won by what would be considered a landslide in is that how the electoral college is that how it works out in the electoral college that seven million votes would no I'm seven million in the popular vote oh, okay. And he won by what would be considered a landslide in the electoral votes, also. So was I? I don't think in my this is my personal opinion. So you know, don't call in and start cussing me out. <laughs> don't don't write evil emails. I, I don't think that there was enough fraud to cover that amount. I also don't think at this point there's no vehicle that can go back and change the election anyway. So I agree with. You know, the emailer that it's done and over with. However, I want to make sure that the next election, nothing, including this one, there's this nothing in the next law, week. There's nothing in the law that would allow it to be overturned uh, retroactively. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's done and over with. You're not going to install Trump. I mean, even if it was found that somehow it was proven at this point, there, there's nothing that could reinstall Trump as president. Right. And again, the Constitution. and again, based on that survey, to some people, it has been proven. Yeah. Um, but I want to make sure going forward, including the election next week, in the election in 2024 and beyond, that we have these questions answered and that there is as little fraud as there can be. Because, like I said, there's been fraud in almost every single election. How much? I don't know. Governor Brad Little will be with us coming up here in just about 20 minutes from right now. Ask him a few questions about some of the stuff we've been talking about this morning. If you have a question for the governor, a uh, chance for you to uh, email us. Got about 20 minutes to be able to do that. Mike at KBY.com or Chris at KBY.com. Coming up next, we've got a chance for you to get Dave Matthews Band concert tickets with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question right after Bronco Sports today. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, uh, the unmistakable sounds of uh, Dave Matthews Band puts on a great concert. They're going to be here next week. We have a chance for you to see them absolutely free. Rick's going to get the first crack at it today. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, interest rates rising, housing prices going uh, down, home price or home sales going down. You need help buying or selling? They can do it. The experts at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services call today, 208-888-4128. Rick. Jockstrap, invented in 1874, was invented to help a segment of the population. It wasn't for athletes, but one specific segment. What was that segment that the jockstrap was originally invented for? 
Well, I'm hoping this is right because it's been a long time since I've seen Dave Matthews Band. Uh, it was the bicycle jockeys who delivered things. It was on, uh, bumpy street. It was the bicycle jockeys hey. as they made deliveries on the cobblestone streets of Boston. <laughs> It yeah, makes me hurt go, just thinking bibbidi, about bibbidi, it. Bibbidi, 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 bibbidi. <laughs> I was thinking more. I was like, ouch, 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 ouch. Oh, that was part of it, too. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Uh, how many years has it been since you've seen the Dave Matthews Band? Oh, man, uh, 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 10, maybe more. Oh. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. They, they may have the had one or two hits uh, since then. By the way, I know a lot of people have gone to the Gorge and seen them because I think they play there every year. Uh, but you get to go next week. Hold on the line. We got some information from you. Don't worry if you didn't get in today to win your Dave Matthews Band concert tickets. We have another chance for you coming up tomorrow morning to get to see these people live in concert. Stick around on the way. After bottom of the hour news, Governor Brad Little will be with us. Final chance to get your questions in if you want. Chris at KBOI.com or Mike at KBOI.com. We'll let the unmistakable sounds of ants marching take you to break. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.36, in with us once again this morning, live in studio. Governor Brad Little is uh, in, and uh, I would like to say, I, I don't know what we're being buttered up for, but uh, donuts were brought in for everybody today. So, um, first of all, uh, thank you. And uh, make sure that uh, his mic is on. I think we're being sugared up, not okay. buttered up. But uh. either either way, it's good for us. Thanks for coming in this morning. Uh, I know you had a very busy schedule and uh, working out a little time for us. Much appreciated. My pleasure. I want to start things off uh, this morning um, because this is something we've been talking about this morning. And I don't know if you saw the poll that came out in the uh, Idaho Statesman uh, about nearly one. In three Idaho adults believe widespread voter fraud took place in the 2020 U.S. election. Even uh, liberals in uh, Idaho, 10% think that there was voter fraud and that President Biden may or may not be the true president. So that's like nearly a dozen people. (laughs) Well, we want to ask you, it's a question we've never asked you before. Do you think that there was widespread voter fraud in the last election? And do you think Trump actually won that election? I was listening to some guy on the radio this morning. He said there's always fraud, so I just kind of have to take his word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a very smart dude. Yeah, he was a smart dude. But I, 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 you know, an example, but I don't know that the numbers in any one state were enough to move the electoral. But, like, in Nevada, they'd never done mail-out voting, and then all of a sudden Governor Sisolak says, we're going to mail-out ballots. They've been doing mail-out voting in Oregon for a long time, and they've got a process to where, and I'm I'm not an advocate for it because I think it, it does have leaky spots in it, but I do know that in Nevada they had not done any, you know, any vetting, and then they just sent ballots to everybody. So there's a little example here and a little example there, but the one thing we don't want is the federal government to take over voting, and every state has a responsibility to make sure that their voting works. I think I, I don't think there's 10% of the people in Idaho that think there was fraud in Idaho. They think there was fraud elsewhere. right. right. You know, when people vote for their county clerks and they vote for their secretary of state, and literally your neighbor, the county clerk's in charge of running the voting in your county. Do you think legislatures should be able to reverse uh, a, a vote if they think that there was some kind of malfeasance? Surely no elected official would ever turn over election when they lost. 
that would probably never happen. That, I was, want, that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought it might be. <laughs> to also be um, specific uh, about something that you kind of mentioned there um, that was kind of going to be one of my other questions, um, because this is something that has been talked about for the last two years. Are you in favor of federalizing the elections so that all states have the same exact rules? No. And, you know, if 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 it gets way out of line, there's already federal laws, current federal laws, you know, the Civil Rights Act uh, that that will kick in. But for the most part, Civil Rights Act, the 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 states that they were concerned about, they backed away from them because. Uh, but you know, there there's always an example of something that went haywire somewhere to a certain extent. But you know, the numbers, uh, you know, are pretty compelling that there was never enough volume uh, to affect the national election. Now, some local elections, there might be something, but, you know, communities, uh, voting has uh, responsibility, and you need to elect good people to run your county clerks and your state secretary of state. The people uh, down in Arizona, there's uh, people monitoring drop boxes. Uh, do you know of anything like that in Idaho that's been going on? Uh, there's a lot of poll workers already signed up. Uh, and then we funded uh, we funded audits. Uh, that was one of the things we did in the last session was put money out to do and and we we went out if you remember right after the election before we did the certification and sent people out randomly went into communities uh counted the votes uh in certain precincts in certain areas hand hand verified them and our integrity audits that we funded in the last session uh, found i mean like one or two votes it was right. very minimal um, Idaho, um, according to a bunch of rankings here uh, recently, number one state for economic momentum, number one top growing state driven by tax policy, rated number one state for tax revenue growth during the pandemic, number three state prepared to withstand economic stress, which it looks like, based on some of the news from uh, Larry Summers yesterday, uh, might be, uh, or Jerome Powell, sorry, Jerome Powell yesterday, uh, might be happening. Idaho top state for income equality. Um, and how are we set up going forward? I mean, this is, this is stuff that's been happening and we're looking backward going forward. Are we still set up? And I ask that question because, um, we've seen a surplus over and over here recently. However, we didn't have as much tax dollars coming in in the most recent, um, fiscal period. Um, is that going to cause a problem going forward? Um, no, we're, we're, we're in just incredible. And these rankings, if you dive into the details of them, they talk about, uh, I just got through reading the Fitch report where we got our AAA credit rating again, and they talk uh, ad nauseum about the fact that, you know, when th- things get tough, we dial back our spending, we've got rainy day funds, we're paying off our debt, we're doing all these things, and we're budgeting a $200 million surplus every year for the next five years. Speaking of budgets, I would assume you're working on uh, the current one, do you foresee any big changes? No. I. It'll be, you know, I've been telling everybody past this prologue, you know, if I'm fortunate enough next Tuesday to uh, get a re-confirmation, uh, uh, we will do what we've been doing, which is more investments into education. There'll be more money for tax relief. We just don't know what that's going to be. Property taxes, sales taxes, income taxes, but there will be some, uh, in, you know, unless things tip clear over, there'll be tax relief. 
but there'll be more money into education, transportation, and probably infrastructure because the state's growing and we got to have money for infrastructure. There's an advisory vote coming up on the uh, ballot next week. Um, just ask the question, or it's, it's kind of a two-part question. It, it asks if you're okay with getting the rebates and the money and the surplus returned in the form of rebates and also um, education. What would happen uh, if that came back? And like I said, it's just an advisory question. What would that happen if that came back and it was uh, the majority said, no, we're not okay with it? Well, I, th- I think it would be a message to the legislature and to myself um, about the people who want to put more money into education and get more money back in their pockets. I would be shocked if that happened. I wish they could have split that up two two ways instead of going. Well, I'm okay with this one, but not this this one. But I like the money in my pocket, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. The legislature calling itself into a special session is is there any uh, circumstance under under which that would be a good idea? Uh, well, today, and it's been the way since the statehood. If there's an agreement between uh, the legislature, enough agreement, there's a bill drafted. It's not like they show up and start from scratch. There's an agreement. We're going to call a special session. Here's the legislation. It's vetted with the legislature. You know, it's vetted with the attorney general to make sure it's legal. We do all of that. They show up, and in one day, two days, uh, they get their work done. My issue with the uh, with the uh, proposal is there's no limitation. Uh, you know, they can come to town and literally do anything. It can say it's going to be on taxes or it's going to be on education and transportation. And then you don't have the opportunity for the public to have the input on it because it's done in such an abbreviated time and there's no limit on how long they'll be there. The other states that have it have higher hurdles to get to town, limits on what subject matter can be, and limits on how long it can go, and this one's pretty open-ended. There have been some questions on uh, whether or not and maybe you can help us out with this, would, if they call themselves, say this gets through, and they start calling themselves back in um, special session whenever they felt like it, do they get paid extra for that, or do they just receive their salary and that's it? And well, if they, they get, do a special session, other than the per diem, they don't get paid any extra. No, right? they don't get, but they get the per diem and right. their travel here, you know, so legislators still costing money. in Bonners Ferry and, and Franklin County, <laughs> uh, you know, they got a lot of, because they're coming for one day, so that's usually, you know, a lot of times legislators come, particularly from the far end of the state, and stay here. So there'll be more more travel and more per diem. And uh, the committee just recommended a significant increase in the per diem for the next next session. Your uh, predecessor, Butch Otter, was on with Nate Shellman last week um, and was asked the question whether or not he thought this was a good idea, and he said uh, not only no, but hell no. Um, I just I don't want to put words in your mouth again. So you are fully one hundred percent against the legislature I, being able to call themselves. Well, I, I I just don't see the need. It's okay. Governor Cox is going to be here Saturday for the BYU Boise State game, and before this was even proposed, I talked to both Governor Cox and Governor Herbert. You know, after they changed their constitution, they had like seven or eight sessions one one year. And some of them were not for very, uh, very good reasons. And I, I, I think both former Governor Herbert and current Governor Cox and a lot of people in Utah would say that was maybe not the 
best deal that ever happened in Utah. We're talking uh, live in studio today. Governor Brad Little give us a little time ahead of the election next week. We'll take a quick break. More with the governor uh, coming up next. Your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.50, Governor Brad Little in the uh, studio with us uh, this morning. You know, one question, we haven't had a chance, to, uh, it's been a while since you've been in, in with us and we've had a chance to talk to you. Denise uh, wrote an email in. Uh, said question for the governor: How can uh, you justify not debating your opponents this year? As as I stated over and over, uh, here I am uh, on KBOI. Uh, I I did a Capital for a Day last week in Wallace, uh, a month before in Cary, uh, press conferences around the state. Uh, you know the, the everybody knows where I am on every big issue. It's like you know, some road project somewhere that I probably don't have anything to do with. Uh, but, you know, all the big issues, everybody knows what my position is. So is this a sign that, um, say, you win this year and decide that you're going to win, uh, go for a third term in the future? Does this mean you won't ever debate again? No, no. Okay. It, I mean, it was specific to the, uh, you know, particularly if there was more turmoil, uh, but, you know, as I said, past this prologue, it's not like there's big catastrophic changes in Idaho or in my position. So, A listener wrote in and asked uh, me to ask you if you know the total number of refugees, both legal and illegal, and he wrote night flights coming into the state each year. Uh, that is, uh, I, actually, yesterday I got a report. I was shocked. We've only got like eight uh, Ukrainian refugees as has always been the case uh, in recent years, uh, our biggest population is from the Congo. And, of course, a lot of those Congolese are, are being persecuted because they're Christian over there. Uh, and, but, the, but the Congo is where uh, the bulk of our, and then I think it's maybe uh, Chad, uh, Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just got a report on it yesterday because we do get reports on it all the time. Do you know how many illegals um, are being no, sent to our I, state? No, is no. there any? There's no way to keep no, track of that. No, and that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Right. Um, we don't. You know, there's no. If they're a refugee that goes through the system, uh, you know, they've been given the right. documents we know about. And in fact, that's one of the things that the Republican governors. <clears throat> I don't know if we demanded, but we highly recommended to the administration. There were ten things to do, and one of them was to let keep better track of them because they come across they say here's a court date to show up goodbye and then we don't know where they go and they you know they go everywhere and that's why arizona and texas and their frustration have been shipping them to martha's martha's vineyard and elsewhere is because they're those those two states down there in particular because of their proximity are just getting besieged with uh illegal crossings kind of having to do with that is a growing problem in our state and that's fentanyl um if elected uh, is that something that you're going to be along with the legislature trying to do something about i i don't and specifically what would it be well, well actually about there are multiple things uh first one is esto perpetua which we're trying to give uh, law enforcement more and more and more tools uh to stop the flow coming in and yesterday, I, I got a, a presentation on a new campaign that we're putting out to do awareness. We're, we're trying to go 
particularly young people, and make them aware that one pill can kill, that your odds of surviving buying a random pill on the street is less. It, it, you have a better odds playing Russian roulette uh, than you do buying one pill off of the street because uh, it's uh, one in five are lethal, have a lethal dose in them. The next thing we're doing is treatment, early treatment, and then long-term treatment. So we've got a significant plan. I took some of the a small amount of money or a, a lot of my discretionary money that I have during the interim and put it into this uh, campaign for awareness, and that's going to be starting up soon. Constitution and legislature aside, if you could just snap your fingers and change anything right now in the state of Idaho, what would it be? You know, I'm come on! A, you get to be God. You get to be God here uh, well, for I, a second. I, there, you got to have something you would want to see. Or change. at least I dream a genie. Anyway, <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, we have so many things to be thankful for. Uh, you know, once in a while I say, "Well, I'd like to change that." Matter of fact, I was in uh, East Idaho two days ago, meeting with a, a a broad group of legislators about what do we need to do in the next session. Uh, I. I if I could do one thing, I'd have every child reading proficiently by the end of the third grade. That That's the great equalizer, if every kid can read uh, by the end of the third grade. That's a good answer. So, <laughs> I took, think. It took me a while to get there. <laughs> well, The good, point is you got there. Good job at making your wish, and uh, hopefully it, it will come true now. Um, we are running, and you, as, as you said earlier in this interview, that you have projected that we're going to be running a budget surplus for the next five years. Yep. At about two million, if if you know if our projections, if our budgets get adapt, adopted, you know if they and we're and we're forecasting a slowdown in the economy. Right. Nobody uh, expects it to. You know, when the federal government puts four or five trillion dollars into the market, it's going to change things. And we were a big beneficiary of that because it it spawned a lot of economic growth. But we were growing before it was maybe necessary in some of the other states. That's why I wasn't an advocate for it. I said, we're doing just fine. We don't need any federal help. But it it, it did spike the economy. So, it, it, I mean, this is all about me. Um, can I expect another rebate? Or let me rephrase that. Can my wife expect another rebate <laughs> check uh, sometime in the first quarter or first half of next year? Uh, we'll see. Uh, we're, I will do tax something. But it might be property tax, it might be sales tax, it might be income tax. I'll tell you what, based on the amount of uh, people that we have calling in and texting us, uh, property tax property. might be something yeah. that you oh, want to yeah. oh, yeah. take, take a look <laughs> at. But, but it's complicated because not all property taxpayers are the same. Right. Governor Brad Little, uh, thank you very much for taking a little time with us. Uh, good luck next Tuesday and uh, appreciate it. Uh, more importantly, we really appreciate that you guys brought in donuts for us this morning. Good luck also throwing that, uh, you're flipping the coin, right, at uh, first of the game for the Boise State-BYU game? That's right. All right, good luck with that, too. (laughs) KBOI News Time, uh, 8.57. Take a break. News coming up here at the top of the hour. You want to comment? You want to call in? Now's a good time. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also uh, email us, mike at kby.com or chris at kby.com. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It is uh, 9.05, taking your emails. 
Your phone calls. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, you can email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. Um, you can also text us, same as our uh, main number, 208-336-3700. Mike wrote in, and this was uh, concerning what we were talking about earlier about that survey they're giving to uh, the kids uh, this or today. Uh, Mike says, gents, regarding the Boise School District mental health survey, here are a few facts. 3.5% of adults in the United States identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual, and an estimated 0.3% of adults are transgender. This implies that there are over 9 million LGBT Americans, a figure roughly equivalent to the population of Michigan or New Jersey. Sixth-grade students are 10 or 11 years old. Actually, they're 11 or 12. Puberty in girls typically starts at age 11 and in boys 12. With a mixed age for puberty, the sixth-grade inclusion is questionable. Overall, keeping the facts above in mind, I support the survey because it could lead to the treatment of students' mental health problems, but question the inclusion of sixth-graders. I would like to see the justification uh, for including that grade. And we had a sixth-grade teacher who wrote in a couple of times earlier, and in one of the times said, I am a sixth-grade teacher in Boise, and we are not giving that, that survey today. So, and once again, the um, article that appeared in the Idaho Dispatch said that it would be sixth through twelfth graders, but it sounds like it will be seventh through twelfth graders. Well, and and, and what, they, graders. what they what they may have been told is that would it be it would be given at middle schools, and and junior highs and uh, high schools, and if that's the case, uh, you know, middle schools uh, typically have sixth grade in them, but apparently it just simply won't be given to sixth graders. Right. And once again, I want to reiterate, this is not through throughout the state. It's not Ada County. This is specifically the Boise, Boise School, school District, district yeah. not the West Ada School District. It's specifically just the so Boise not, School District. Not ready and Eagle? No. Right. That this survey is going on today and tomorrow. It will be uh, during English classes over the next couple of days. Lauren wrote in to say, pardon me, but did I hear Governor Little say they are budgeting a surplus? In my small business, I call that a retained earnings, i.e. profits. Idaho is now a for-profit state, not off my back. Absolutely return this back to us, the citizens, either by reducing taxes or rebates, refunds, uh, uh, dividends, whatever the heck you want to call them. Once, shame on you. Twice, shame on me. Three times, shame, shame, shame. They're not budgeting a surplus. Um, I don't know if that's what you meant to say or not. They are predicting a budget surplus going forward over the next five years based on what the economy of Idaho is doing on right now. That's part of what the question is uh, next week. And once again, the advisory question on the uh, ballot is, you know, when it comes to seeing budget surplus, do you want that returned? I, I wish that question would have been split up. Do you want to see the money, number one, returned as a rebate check and returned to taxpayers of Idaho? Number two, are you okay with some of the money going to fund education? Because some people may be perfectly fine, you know, with getting a rebate check, but not wanting to see any more money go to education, but because they want that rebate check, will say, yeah, I'm okay with it, even though I don't want money going to uh, education. I think that question may have been put on there a little bit better, I think, Um and I realize it's an advisory question. It really doesn't mean anything other than getting guidance on what the people of Idaho it, feel. It's a good example, if nothing else, of why being a public official is not exactly an easy job all the time. 
Uh, Tracy uh, writes in, says, The unfortunate truth is that the community we live in don't recognize that there is very limited access to mental health services here in the state. In my professional life, I care for at-risk populations, and I see the impact of trauma and maladaptive maladaptive coping skills. We have to do better to to provide services to not just at-risk teams, but everyone experiencing a mental health crisis. Um, We do have a therapist uh, who works on this uh, show. His name is Nathaniel. He is our producer. How do you feel about uh, this survey going out to 7th to 12th graders? Okay with it? Questions uh, on some of the questions? Problem with some of the questions that you've heard this morning that parents have weighed in that they don't understand why you would be asking about romantic feelings you have for either same sex gender, other sex genders, all sex genders? I think that the intent of the questions is more to be able to understand like the mental health issues in schools rather than to just like ask questions about a child's romantic interests. Like it's not, it's not sheerly inquisitive on that end. It's more geared towards, at least in my experience, these questions would be more geared towards the ideas of like, Hey, there are serious mental health issues inside uh, LGBTQ communities. Um, and that's aside from them just being LGBTQ, that's not in and of itself like any sort of mental illness, but there are higher suicide rates. Uh, They tend to get bullied or picked on more. They tend to feel more out of place. Uh, And addressing those types of mental situations is more what those things are geared towards, but we have to understand what community we're speaking to uh, in order to be able to address anything at all. That's That's just part of how communication works. Um, so understanding the context into which you're speaking requires you to ask some of those questions. So I don't know that I have a terribly large issue with those questions being asked personally. Um, I do think it, it would be a bit odd to just ask a sixth grader, hey, who do you have a crush on? Um, is, do you have a crush on a boy, a girl? It, it does feel a bit odd. I will grant you that. The other question I have is, uh, as a therapist, what the hell are you doing here every single day trying to make us sound better? Uh Man, was someone's got to do the work, you know. That's that's really what it is. Um, Corey writes in, uh, I think the Democrats had a very organized COVID-era massive mail-in paper ballot fraud operation in swing states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada. There were many reported accounts of illegal ballot harvesting machines breaking down in the middle of the night. There were mysterious uh, boxes of ballots found for Democrats and uncounted Republicans' ballots found in the garbage and in storage units, illegal voting, dead people voting, people voting in multiple states. I suspect Biden's speech is uh, a setup for more of this activity to keep the Senate um, intact this year. That's Corey weighing in, um, talking about the uh, survey that we had a little bit earlier. The Idaho statesman had uh, funded 35, was it 33? 30, somewhere around 30%. One in three Idahoans believe that yeah, President was, Biden is not our legitimate president. 30 to 35%. 10% of liberals also believe that there was enough fraud that could have influenced the election. Like Chris says, that's that would be 12 in the state of Idaho. <laughs> that was just me being. I know. Uh, but you're not wrong. <laughs> May the governor laugh, though. <laughs> 10% of liberals, that's almost 20 people. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, we are getting through uh, some of the emails that have come in uh, since we've been talking about the two surveys. Once again, survey um, that's going to be uh, given out to the Boise School District and also the survey we just talked about, about voter fraud and uh, the belief in uh, Idaho. Um, email uh, here, no name on this one, says, if you covered everything from the executive branches taking control over their legislative branches concerning voting, the millions of dollars illegally brought in for drop boxes and for paying ballot harvesters, the early voting, the mailed-out ballots without request for them, the unclean voter rolls, the list goes on and on that helped allow for fraud, more would believe that there was fraud. And don't be fooled, it happened in Idaho also. There are all kinds of reasons to believe that Biden did not win. I don't know if that person was included in the survey, yeah. but count that person as the uh, one in three percent that think wide, that Biden is not the president. Widespread fraud requires uh, a high level of organization, and I mean, pardon me, but I don't really think the Democrats have that. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. We'll take a break. Uh, here, don't forget, keep listening. Your chance to get those BSU-BYU tickets on the way. Final chance to watch Boise State play BYU. Unless maybe sometime in the future they meet in the playoffs. But this is the end of the series because BYU will be headed to a new conference next year. If you'd like to be a part of the game, your chance to win. Coming up here shortly, be ready to text the word Broncos when you hear your cue to text We'll pick uh, one lucky person from everybody who texts in, and they will get those tickets. Once again, your chance to win sometime before 10 o'clock. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Nine twenty-one. You heard it just a few minutes ago. Boise State BYU tickets are being given out right now for free. However, there's only one way you can win those tickets. That's by texting the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. you got about another 20 minutes if you want to get those in. We'll pick one person at random coming up here within uh, the next 20 minutes or so. But you still have a chance to get in. If you haven't done it yet, text the word Broncos, 208-336-3700. One person will be chosen at random to get those tickets to the Boise State, the final Boise State BYU game. Uh, by the way, this weekend. Two Dogs has in written series. in and uh, kind of echoed what, what I said. He uh, gave me a Will Rogers quote, okay, which is, I don't belong to an organized political party. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> uh, Paul in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. Excellent show once again. Um, I, I guess I'm a little miffed about this survey. Maybe I missed you saying it, but they're not letting the parents, they're not allowing the parents to see what the survey is that the children are going to take? No, um, they, in the email that was sent out, it did not include the uh, questions. So um, people were able to uh, email and ask to see the questions, and apparently uh, some people yeah. asked the questions. It, the original email that came out just gave them the option of opting out. And gave uh, them two different the ways to do it, yeah. So there was no way for them to actually, when they're sitting there, take their phone and take pictures of the survey questions as no. they were going. Scrolled. No, they would. Yeah, no, they would have to. Uh, they they had to ask specifically to see the questions. 
And that's how that's what one of the parents did said I would like to hit, see the questions they're going to be asked on the uh, quiz or the survey. Boy, I, yeah. yeah, it just it, it seems like there's a, a a slight sense of non-transparency there. Almost like you're trying to hedge towards hiding something or manipulating something there. And I, I personally, I, you know, I would have objected to that. When I was in sixth grade, I remember going through health class, and I was really confused about the whole female genitalia. I didn't understand what that was supposed to do. I'm married, and I still don't understand it. <laughs> well, I think it's got us around the neck anyway. But, um, and you, you yeah, could be doing something wrong. And, and, you know, I, I I was not asked any strange questions that I can remember back that far. But if it starts at the sixth grade and they're asking the questions all the way to 12th and they're not being transparent about how they're doing it and not allowing all the parents to be able to see what their intimate cho- children's thoughts are, and how they're going to answer those questions. Yeah, I think they could have, I, I think I agree with you. I think they could have done uh, a lot more by, instead of just giving the opt-out, saying these are the survey questions that will be asked. You want to opt out of your kids, uh, you, you can do that instead of having to jump through uh, hoops to uh, go ahead and do that. Like I said, and also I want to reiterate, you, you said sixth grade. We have found out now that no sixth graders will be given this test uh, through the Boise School District. So it's seventh grade through twelfth grade. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, John in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Yeah, I was going to respond to the uh, fraudulent voters, the people in Idaho that would believe that still, and, and what's up around all that. And uh, there's two ways that we gonna, we're going to be able to determine that. And the first one, being as this close to election time, and I know I called your call screen, told you call screen or one thing, but it's the actually that's what I told him is the second way of doing it. The first way I think we're going to be able to see it being into the election season is reverse engineering the election. Uh, there were, I, I, I'm going to guess about 30 million fraudulent voters and there's somewhere between 20 and 30. And the way we're going to find that out is if, uh, there's a, there's an algorithm that dictates or indicates how many people are more likely to vote in the midterms based on who, how many people voted in the presidential election, and there's going to be 30 million missing people. Not on top of the people that who, don't, who won't vote in the uh, midterms anyways. And the Democrats are just going to simply say, well, they just sat on their hands and stayed home. And that, that's, that's never happened before. You, you never had a 20 million, 30 million poll in the, in the voter uh, polls. But that's going to happen. That's why the Democrats are going to lose. That's why they are losing. They're taking polls based on that number, <clears throat> that number for the, the the presidential election that does not actually exist. And when when the when the smoke clears, they're going to be standing at the bottom of a pit, and with with no with no reason. Actually, they do know the reason, but they're not going to say the reason. The second thing that I, I was going to bring up was that the 2,000 meals proves that, that there was voter fraud going on, and it was dismissed out of hand because they didn't want to believe it. But they did solve a murder with the same, the 2,000 meals people did solve a murder and caught an extra guy that was involved in it based on his phone ID at the scene at the time. And when they, when they tracked, when the police tracked him, tracked down his phone, they found him. They questioned him, and they arrested both of them. So why is, my question was, why is 
the photo, uh, the phone identification good for a murder crime, but not for voter crime. Well, why? Why is that? Makes no sense to me at all. All right, I'm done venting for the day. <laughs> Do you feel better, you, you John? Guys are, you guys are saving me a lot in therapy, I'm telling you what. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you feel better. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for the call. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you're on the phone, I I promise stay right where you're at. we got to take a break for news. I will get to you coming up right after this. We do have a couple lines open if you want to get through right now, 208-336-3700. Also, that number is our text number. Final chance to get your uh, text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. We will be picking a winner coming up here within the next 10 minutes on News Talk KBOI. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. According to the press release, Secretary of State Lawrence Denny encourages voters to be aware of misinformation and report anything on social media that appears to be inaccurate or misleading, such as election dates, mail-in ballot rules, polling place hours, and poll watchers. Voters can use the web form or email misinformation at sos.idaho.gov. Intelligence officials have warned foreign and domestic actors are spreading misinformation prior to the election. The website is intended to provide Idaho voters with one nonpartisan location to report social media posts that are attempting to undermine and discredit Idaho elections. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, You can email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Greg in Boise, uh, been waiting very patiently this morning. Appreciate you holding on. Uh, You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Greg, are you there? Hello? There you are. Oh, how are you doing? Um, Yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a call. I heard you comment something about the Democrats not being organized enough to pull off a voter fraud initiative like that if it were to happen. But I, I don't know how much you guys know about it, but, you know, Mark Zuckerberg actually donated about $450 million prior to the election to a nonprofit in Silicon Valley ran by Barack Obama's former campaign manager. He's getting sued all over about it because the money, if you do donate private money in the election, has to go to both parties. Uh, apparently from all the lawsuits, it really wasn't. It was focused on, a couple of the bigger cities and more of the swing states. I think he's already uh, been fined called... $25 million for it also. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the start of it. And then if you look at Wisconsin, I mean, they had a very thorough investigation of how that money was spent by a former Supreme Court justice in their court. And uh, I mean, you can just watch the videos of all these people that were basically invalids or had power of attorneys with other people that were like, voted somehow and they had no idea they'd even voted and then the court actually found that these drop boxes were illegal and unconstitutional but it's like two years after so you can't even um do anything about it and then the other thing is like you know there's that hm county michigan thing with these voting machines where there were six thousand votes that were uh flipped from donald trump to, to biden and they went to court over it and they determined that they they were basically those votes have been flipped, and then they went to forensically look at the audit logs, and they were deleted. And the guy who ran up that case is now running for Secretary of State in Michigan. And then if you just look at, like, Maricopa, Atlanta, the 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 plumbing thing in Atlanta, and, the you know, they sent all the Republican watchers out of there, and then they pulled out ballots from some other location and started counting different ballots after the, the watchers from the Republican Party were dismissed. I mean, 
you only need like one or two of these cities in Philly or, or Detroit or Atlanta to actually take over an election with the way the, the country is right now. But the, the thing you ought to really look into is these adjudications for these machines. So it's basically when a machine misreads a ballot or something happens uh, where the ballot can't be read, it's turned over to a person to determine who voted for who. And if you look at Georgia, it's like 100,000 adjudications. But the thing about it, these machines, they don't have like a, a way to track back to who changed that vote. I mean, they literally use a license dongle that you plug in. It's not, you know, whoever has that dongle can control it. And then they can basically determine, like, how many of those votes are for who. So, you know, I don't know how you guys can say it. Like, it's really, it's disappointing to me. I think you're, you're misleading people to say, that, oh, they're too disorganized. I mean, they were very highly organized. And then every one of these people that, that the lady in Georgia or some of these other folks in Philly that were not letting like watchers in, they immediately got legal counsel from the DNC. Some of the same people that were like involved in the legal representation of some of those folks for the Kavanaugh hearing, but like instantly, I mean, it was almost instantly. So it's really, you know, it really troubles me that, you know, there's 30% of Idahoans think the election wasn't fair. I, I think it would be more like 75% if they actually, people actually had the time to kind of look into this. So question for, um, question I mean, for you. You you obviously think that there was widespread fraud fraud in the last election. What do you think is going to be happening next week? Do you think that that has been fixed, or do you think there's going to be widespread fraud again next Tuesday? You know, I don't. I I'm scared about it because you know if you look at Pennsylvania, I think that's probably the one place that I would worry most about it. Um, but yeah, I, I it's it's the, to me it's not about the widespread fraud. I mean, I think. Probably, if you're a logical person, something wasn't right about that last election. I don't think anyone would say that it went smoothly and that you would have confidence in it. But right. I think the thing is, like, we have this process where they're using these machines that are not auditable. And even, like, like if you look at HBO, they a couple of years ago, they had this big show to show how these things are, could be hacked and how you can't trace what happened. But somehow it's not on their it's not in their catalog now. They used to have this this documentary about it, and there's all kinds of there's been all kinds of studies. They have these hacker groups that that like meet once or twice a year that'll go through these machines and show they're not secure. So I mean, it's really if we if we don't like have an election that people can trust, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, you look at January sixth and everyone's all upset about it, but to me, if we keep having elections like this, it's going to get a lot worse and a lot more violent and a lot more chaotic, and this country's not going to last. And no one's trying to, like, fix it. No one's trying to say, well, how can we assure that the election is legitimate? How can we show people the election is legitimate? How can we show that these machines work correctly? And the burden should be on the state that, you know, the state's running the elections to do that, and we don't even really have a good legal mechanism to challenge those things because, you know, all these attorney generals all over the country, I think like 20 of them, not the one in Idaho who lost, thank goodness. But, uh, you know, they filed that lawsuit after the election and the Supreme Court didn't even hear it. But the Supreme Court's not a fact-finding court. I mean, they can't, you, you don't, you're not going to have time to go out and figure out within two months of an election, particularly a national election, like how, how this kind of happened because the Supreme Court can't become a fact-finding body. They're an appeals court. I mean, most of these courts are appeals courts. And, uh, yeah. you know, so... You know, we've had two years now, and you have like you have like all these nonprofit groups. There's the former attorney general of Kansas. He works on one of them. He sued a lot of these people. Greg, I, I have, these things two I have years one way, one simple fact, way to fix this. I have one simple how, way to fix that? this. Um, hang, I, I'm, I'm gonna hang up for you. Let you listen. Uh, thank you for the sure. phone call. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
We've been watching here for the last couple of weeks. Um, we've been paying attention to the uh, Powerball lottery, which, by the way, no winner last night. So this weekend could be setting a, a new record. The lottery knows within minutes after they choose the Powerball numbers, if somebody has won, who has won, who's won a million dollars, if they are the person who has won the Powerball for $1.2 billion, they know exactly where that ticket was sold, what state it was sold in, what store it was sold in. I think we're screwing up and really missing an opportunity to let the lottery run our elections. <laughs> I mean, I'm half joking there, but if they can, within the lottery, know within minutes afterwards who has won, what amount of money, where the ticket was sold, they don't know the name as of yet, but they know exactly what state the winners are located in, where the tickets were sold, if they can do that within minutes after election, why do we have to wait days and weeks for election results? I mean, President Biden said earlier this week, hey, be patient. It could take up to two weeks to find out results from the election. We have to make sure that all the votes get counted. I, I, don't, I, I guess with the hundreds of millions of lottery tickets sold throughout the nation, if, if the Idaho lottery can do it, why can't? We do it with our elections. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Aaron in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Aaron, are you there? Yellow. Yes, I'm here. Um, I'm listening to you guys, and the only thing that that really sticks with me is the 100% plus voter turnout. Um, You know, since 1788, there's been voter fraud manipulation, you know, politicians buying votes. Um, But to have 100 plus, 100% plus in areas, how can you not, how can you not show fraud? Yeah, if you have, if you, definitely, if you have more than 100%, I don't, I don't necessarily know what states that happened in um, that you're claiming. Um, yeah, if you have more than 100% proven people that voted in election that are our people in the state, I would say, yeah, that's an indication of fraud. But I, I, don't, I don't know what state that, that happened in. I guess he was done talking. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Perhaps he didn't know what state either. Um, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, no name on, or I'm sorry, JT wrote in and says, if you need Nathaniel to go on and explain this uh, to the adults about the survey going on today and tomorrow in uh, Boise school districts, I don't think it's a good idea to sneak this to children. I'm just saying that's from JT. Uh, JT, the, the reason we had him go on, um, get his thoughts on it, and maybe you missed that, is because Nathaniel is a therapist. So, um, you know, this this is a survey that do, deals with mental health, and Nathaniel deals with people, mental health issues every day as a therapist. Um, so that was specifically why we asked the question and what his thoughts were as a therapist, not as a morning show producer, or to explain it to everybody. Once again, if adults... 
of children in the Boise School District didn't want the kids answering the uh, questions, taking the survey, they could opt out. Um, another one having to do with uh, Nathaniel again, asking when we ask him what his thoughts were, says, I know what Nathaniel's doing there. He wants to be the next Dr. Fraser Crane, ladies and gentlemen. God forbid. I'm listening. <laughs> Thank you, Idaho. I'm listening. Thank you, Boise. I'm listening. Uh, Idaho boy writes in, there were several states that changed their voting laws that relaxed security around the voting in 2019. Yes, that's true, having to do with COVID. So key states relaxed election security with people having been radicalized with orange man bad rhetoric, seeing him as some form of evil. They decided to act on their own without support of the main group, not unlike homegrown terrorists. You have mass fraud without the risk of grand scale coordination effort. Many probably justifying it as patriotic as they see Trump as illegitimate. Kevin and Meridian. What were all these folks on January 6th so upset about? Wasn't it the fact that the liberal establishment media outlets, including our own Idaho local news sources, completely lied to America about Biden crime family's abuse of the big guy's power? Or maybe when they purposely buried Hunter Biden's laptop story, calling it Trump-Russia misinformation. Well, Congress now has the contents of the laptop now, and it is clear the media was actually spreading misinformation about this being misinformation. Why did they do this? Aren't we as citizens supposed to stand up to corrupt politicians and those willing to lie, cheat, and deflect everything in order to keep them in power? Sounded like not enough was done before January 6th, and now we get completely screwed over. America might not survive as we know it with whoever is pulling the strings of the administration over the next two years. Shame on all of us. I will say, though, I, I don't... I mean, what happened in January 6th at the nation's capital? You know, if... People really were upset about the election, and that's why they were there. What I mean, that's not the way that you fix it. You don't go, I mean, what in the best case scenario, say that there were people there and they were armed and they overtook the nation's capital. And say they held the nation's capital and they were armed insurrectionists. And we know a few people were armed, but for the most part, not. What do you think would happen? Would you, do you think America would go, Oh, well, I mean, gosh, they're armed, and we want them out of the nation's capital. Maybe they're right. Let's turn over the election. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I think what's important to remember, too, is there were a few thousand people involved in that. Uh, And uh, there are some people who basically assume that it was every Republican in America. And it wasn't. And that that every Republican, even if they weren't part of it, supported it. That's not true. John says... uh, from Seattle area, from Seattle area, we do mail-in voting. Each ballot has a barcode, and they know how many are sent out and where each ballot went. The problem is if the state is involved in the fraud, but that is why there is oversight by both parties. Seems to work so far. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Take a quick break. Uh, one more segment on the way. The night at ten. It's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Do we have to uh, report the donuts today as a bribe? Uh, as a donation in kind? I don't think bribing us does any good. Because we can't necessarily make something happen. Well, I don't know. I, I, you know, can't wait to have them on the air next time just for the thought that we might I have donuts now. I didn't take a donut, so I know <laughs> I don't have to report it as income. 
Uh, thank you to the uh, governor's staff. He didn't have anything to do with it. I know he didn't. Uh, governor's staff did bring us in donuts this morning. So that was very nice. It's nine fifty-two. Uh, George in uh, Meridian been sitting on the line this morning and being very patient. We appreciate it. Uh, you're on News Talk KBI. Good morning to you. Hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, two things, real quick. I on the twenty-first, I asked you. Perchance, have you guys got to see the movie Two Thousand Mule? And what, had and, the opportunity and, yet. And what did we say on the 21st? You said you didn't on the 21st, but right. I was just curious if you had sense, because it explains in detail, Dinesh D'Souza explains how this happened, this stolen election, yeah. how they did it, and the Mexican mafia, how they were involved, because think about it. What was the very first thing Biden did when he was in the Oval Office? Shut down the wall and open the borders. He had to pay the Mexican mafia back so this way we could be flooded with fentanyl, we can be flooded with human trafficking and all that. He had to pay them back for getting him in there. Please watch the movie 2,000 Mules. I'm not sunshine in the sky conspiracy theory tinfoil hat. I, I, saw, I mean, I, I anybody saw the, out there? I saw the movie. You, you did? Yeah. What did you think? You don't want to know what I thought. <laughs> you didn't think. Okay. It looked pretty persuasive. Well, it is because it's but... supposed to look persuasive. You have to keep in mind, though, it is still just a movie. It is. I agree. I'm not arguing that it is not a movie, but were there? Is there truth in it? Can there be truth in a movie? There can be. Is there? There's no way of knowing because it is just a movie. That is true. But are there facts in the movie, and are they facts? There could be. Or are they make-up, make-believe? They, they could be both. Because it is Again, would it just not be, a movie. Right. So, uh, yes, but there is information in the movie. Well, and of course. Read, There's information in every movie. Talk. Doesn't mean it's Absolutely. true. Like you're talk- I was uncomfortable watching like, it. Uh-huh. It is uncomfortable. It's very be- uncomfortable because watching it. Because I felt like it was aimed at people with lower IQs than I have. Ouch. Okay. All right. Uh, may I read something real quick for 20 seconds? That's all we got. We don't even we, have 20 seconds. We hold, these, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to preserve, secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their powers from the consent of the governed. Yes, we've heard that somewhere before. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. We are out of time. Tomorrow, live, Original Sunrise Cafe in uh, Middleton. Hope to see you there. Gets underway, 6 o'clock. Have yourself a great day.